It's a bonus episode. We're talking Ralphie's Red Riders. Hit it. It was 2020. Totally Rad Christmas was released. Twinkly had an RGB cluster light and Ralphie's Red Riders released their You'll Shoot Your Eye Out album. I'm your host, Jerry D, with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now joining me is a very special guest. You'll know him as the guitarist, vocalist, and composer of Ralphie's Red Riders, Mike Patton. Mike, how's it going? Hey, man. Great. Glad to be back on here. Second time. Repeat. It's awesome. Yeah. you're Now you're officially a Totally Rad Christmas All-Star. That's right. <laughs> I got stickers and everything, man. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you do. They're consolation stickers. I didn't win. You know, well, I but, didn't either. It was, it was, <laughs> we were up against some stiff competition. Yeah. Yeah. That was tough. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, you have a great album. I got to say, thank you. Thanks so much. We, uh, we worked pretty hard on it. You know, it was something that was uh, fun to plan and, uh, we didn't know if we could execute it when we planned it out, but, uh, you know, I think it, I think it came out as good as it could. We're really happy about it. We're proud of it. So thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anytime. Um, so I got to ask, like, what was the genesis of the of the concept of it? Like, like, did you kind of have an idea you wanted to do it? I mean, I know you you write a uh, you compose a song every year, a Christmas song, right? Was was it started from that? Uh, so I mean, really, you know, to go back, I mean, you know, this is I've, I've been writing songs for over twenty years now, um, right? And so I kind of, you know, we're in the pop punk scene in New Orleans, and then we moved to Nashville, and you know, we've done just a little bit of of touring and we've had some records on some indie labels and stuff like that and just i got kind of out of it for a few years um because i felt like i had done everything i could do with pop punk and i was a dad and i was podcasting about horror movies and stuff and you know just <laughs> yeah. kind of you know out of that life for a little while but yeah one thing that that we've done since 1999 is record these goofy christmas songs every year um and so, you know, Rusty, my co-host on uh, Snow in Southtown, mm -hmm. uh, Rusty and I just kind of have kept this going with some friends of ours, my brothers and, and uncle and cousin and various people just always recording these songs. And um, so that was something that I kept doing even in those years I took off. Um, started my new project called Vista Blue, um, which was sort of when I was taking that time off, I, I found that not only could I still do Christmas songs, I was doing some ghostwriting for like this education company doing these like educational songs that they nice. wanted, like this pop punk style. It was, yeah, it was kind of weird. And then, um, <laughs> podcast friends would ask me to do theme songs for them. And I found that was easy. And then, um, in 2013, I had a book published. It was a horror book. It was published in Australia and we thought it would be cool to do like an EP of songs that was like recorded by these guys in this book. And they were like horror songs and, and, we did it. It was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I think probably we enjoyed the EP more than I enjoyed my book, you know, it, was like some, <laughs> and it just, it, it just kept occurring to me that I could do like these theme songs and I was having a lot of fun with it. And I didn't see it yeah. as like the old boy, girl, pop punk. It was just somebody would give me a theme idea and I could do it. And so 
2014, I went to the studio. My friends came to town to record a record. They were called the Euchers, and they were doing all baseball songs. And uh, they're really great. They're, it's like <laughs> nice. Ramon's baseball songs. Yeah. And so I went to the studio, and I helped them on some harmonies and just kind of arrangement stuff and just had so much fun. And I went home and just over the next few months wrote like 12 baseball songs. I was like, hey, guys, I got all these baseball songs. You can have them. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. And they didn't need them because they write a ton of songs. So in 2015, we started this band, Vista Blue. And all of 2015, we did like three baseball releases full of baseball <laughs> songs. And then we did a Christmas EP. So 2016 came, we were like, well, we need to do like new themes. We can't just do baseball. So we did horror. We did summer. We did all these themes. And, and so and Christmas was just something that we did every year. So mm-hmm. finally last year, I discovered this great band. They were called the Home Alones. And, um, <laughs> love it. Yeah. And you got to find this EP. It's, it's tremendous. Uh, the main song on EP uh, on uh, YouTube is, uh, uh, Fuller Easy on the Pepsi. <laughs> it's just an amazing song. And, uh, so I looked them up and I found the EP. It's like six songs all from Home Alone. And I had a song from Home Alone. Uh, it was called I Made My Family Disappear. Nice. And so I, I reached out to him and I sent him my Home Alone song. I was like, I love you guys. Here's a song I wrote too. And, um, and they were just, they, they loved my song and they were really nice. And we talked a lot. And so I was like, man, I'm going to start a, a band called Ralphie's Red Riders and we're going to be like rivals, but then we'll also like tour together and like play shows together. And, you know, we were just cracking up. We were just kind of laughing. And so I wrote a song. It was called, uh, Can't Put My Arms Down. And I just did like an acoustic demo and I put it on our Christmas thing that we do every year with our friends. Um, so I just thought about it for a few weeks and then I was like, I really, this would be fun. We should do it. Talk to Mark from Vista Blue. He loved it. Uh, his wife loved it. His father-in-law loved it. All of our friends, like all these people were like, you got to do it. So uh contacted a couple labels that I knew and nobody was really into it for vinyl. And so mm-hmm. we're like, well, you know, it'd still be fun just to do like a digital thing. And, and, you know, I still, I still think it would have been great for vinyl, but nobody was really willing to put up the money. So talk to uh, Matt from uh, Out Loud Records who does CDs mainly. And uh, he loved it. He was on board right away. And so he said, this is it. We'll just do a CD. And this was back in January. Um, we did, Vista Blue has always done a baseball song every year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or like a baseball release, either like a full length or an EP. Um, so this year we said, look, 2020, you know, this is pre-pandemic, you know. Course, we said, we're yeah. going to just focus on Ralphie's Red Riders. Let's slow down, slow down Vista Blue. I mean, Vista Blue, we did a record at Arden Studio last year. I mean, we did pretty nice. much done so much over the last five years. We said, let's just slow it down and, and, and try this band, you know. And so instead of a Vista Blue baseball song, which people would, would expect, we said, we're going to launch our Christmas band with a baseball <laughs> song. And, and really, this I is the it. genius of this movie is that I, I told my friends, I could take any 10 seconds of this movie and write a song about it, right? Because there's <laughs> every reference. And so I took the, uh, the beginning when the old man is complaining about they traded bullfrog, right? The white oh, Sox. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Right. <laughs> yes. I do. And I said, look, this is it. This is going to be the first song. It's a Christmas band, but we're going to release a baseball song in March, right? On opening day. So we got the song <laughs> recorded. Uh, they traded bullfrog. And of course, the baseball season gets shut down before we can release the song. Mm-hmm. So we went ahead and just released it anyway. Um, and for the next few months, just kind of built up a few radio stations played. They traded Bullfrog. And uh, in June, you know, a lot of stuff went on in between with the pandemic. But in We're June, course, we yeah. went to work and recorded the album. So I mean, it was like December wrote a couple songs. January wrote down a bunch of titles. Uh, probably sometime in the spring. Um you know, like April and May just went through and just kind of put together like 16 songs and, and picked like the 
10, 11, 12 that we liked and put them on the record. So right on. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really pretty quick. The first six months of the year, like, you know, we spent most of June working on it. So I uh, got it done probably by July, sent it off to the label. So Oh, wow. So it took about a month to get it all recorded. Yeah, we worked pretty quick. I mean, we work from home anyway. Mm-hmm. And so the pandemic just, you know, we're all quarantined for the summer and, uh, we do a lot of sending files around to friends and, and I, I don't know if you want to get into each song and I can tell you more about it, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so I do most of it. And then, and then like, uh, Mark does all the bass and then we got other friends that pitch in here and there and different stuff. So, and I can get into it. I don't know how much you want to get into, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we did it mostly throughout June, just kind of back and forth. And this is also, like I said, Vista Blue is really prolific. We've got over 30 releases since 2015. Uh, that's just digital. We got vinyl and cassette and CD too. Um, this is the longest I've spent mixing uh, an album. And so I really, you know, like it was June and yeah. we didn't need it till November. And so, I, like I said, I wanted to get it for the label by July so they could have it. So, but I mean, I spent probably, you know, probably two or three weeks just mixing. So, which nice. is a lot for me. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty like, I, I think of my music more as like a snapshot. Like this is what I did this week or this month and, and then yeah. I'm done with it and I move on. So yeah. Yeah. So for me, this was the most I've spent personally mixing, you know, I, I don't always mix my own stuff, but yeah, this is the longest I've spent actually like production wise. Right on. Yeah. For me. And, uh, I'm, I'm always better with live, uh, like whenever I'm in playing in a band or whenever I'm directing, you know, cause I was a band director for a while. And so whenever right. I'm in front of someone like with live musicians, I'm always better at like mixing and, you know, making sure everything's balanced than I am for some reason on recordings. I have like the hardest time just getting it balanced. And I don't know if it's just because it's not quite real time, you know, like, like when you're directing a band, you can literally just kind of put your hand down, point to someone or, you know, just different things or, you know, make them louder. You can do all sorts of things and they respond right away. And, uh, you know, when you're actually mixing, especially when you're using like pro tools or something, you know, it's like you, you, I don't know. I just, I, I find it um, at least for me more difficult to actually get in there and make it work. So to hear that you actually did it yourself is always really awesome. It's like, and then it's like each speaker is different. Right. And so, but also like you'll get into it and, and, and in your head and whatever earphones or headphones you're using, it's like, Oh, this works. This sounds good. And then I'd like go throw on a Ramones record or, you know, or something like that. I go, wait, this is like, this is off. Like it doesn't sound like a real record right now. So It was so much of that. And then I remember at one point I thought I had it and uh, mixed it down and I went for a ride in my car, of course. That's yeah, what I you got to hear it in the car. Yeah. Hated it. <laughs> hated it. I just hated it. So I came back, remixed it, kind of thought I had the levels where I could stand it in my ear and in the car, sent it out. And, and just, like, this is how crazy we got it. But they were like, yeah, the symbols are too loud. We got to bring the symbols down. So I was like, oh, man. So I went in. I had to remix all the symbols. Like, it, it was that <laughs> kind of crazy. We're, we're never that crazy about it. But this was one that we figured um, could could reach audiences that we've never reached before. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not to say everyone's going to love it or anything. But this was one that we could see new people that haven't heard us for the last 20 years going, hey, let me check this out. And so, we, you know, we like I said, we're home all summer anyway. We wanted to give it our best. Um it was free. I mean, we didn't spend any money on production. We did it all ourselves. So why not <laughs> yeah. take the time to, to get it where we like it? You know? Yeah, exactly. That sounds awesome. Uh, especially the free part. <laughs> I hate, exactly. I hate I'm all about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, so we went to Ardent and did the seven inch there. We did a Kickstarter. And I mean, just again, we released the vinyl ourselves on that one. And right. so we did a Kickstarter for the studio time. Uh, we, you know, we had, we had this cover band that we were doing for a little while. And so we lined up a gig, like this gig with our cover band. 
and that was going to pay for the uh, the recording studio. So we set up the mm-hmm. Kickstarter just to raise the money for the. We're, we got a really good producer to work on it, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to do it. And um, <laughs> and then the vinyl and the vinyl release, right? And right. so the Kickstarter was going fine, and um, and then our gig got canceled that we had lined up to pay for the recording session. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up kind of tight on the budget, but uh, but again, it was like such a process of like driving to Memphis, going to this like great studio, and and mm-hmm. and that was a whole thing in itself, and it was like surreal and, and kind of a dream come true for us because that's where Big Star and Jim yeah, Blossoms that's like and a some classic of our favorite, there. Yeah. yeah, I mean some of our favorite bands have worked there, so we just had a blast. But yeah, so this was like fun to back down and just kind of um do something ourselves again and, and you know just like you said free yeah <laughs> not worry about the money you know? yeah. yeah exactly um so uh, i'm gonna tell you right away my favorites I, I like them all but my favorite is uh hey scut you suck <laughs> so okay so i can tell you a story about that I, okay, i'm not gonna tell you stories it. about all of them but so that one okay that goes back i had that i had a song it was called hey scut I guess I, I, I'll censor it. It's called, Hey Scott, we want to kick your butt. Right. And so mm-hmm. again, it was when we, we, I always just have tapes. I mean, it used to be tapes. Now it's on my phone. Right. Of Christmas ideas. Right. And so this was just an idea I had probably like 2012. Okay. And uh, when I wrote my book and we did the EP for my book, I took that song cause I hadn't used it yet. And I used <laughs> it for the, the killer in my book. So the band uh, in the book is singing this song about the, the guy who actually, right breaks out of prison and kills them all right so anyway so they're so they're writing this spoilers summer. no I'm just yeah kidding. yeah right. well the book's out of print you can't <laughs> okay it, it was very short-lived and uh, so <laughs> just kidding anyway so i used my scut farkas song on on that um so but i had it in my my head the whole time it would be great to sing a song from ralphie's point of view about wanting to beat up scut farkas right mm-hmm. it does yeah. do it's like great and so um so when we decided to do this band, that was the top of my list. I knew I had to do a song about beating up Scott Farkas. Uh, well, through my horror podcasting and zine stuff, um, I've, I've been connected to Zach Ward, the actor who plays Scott Farkas. So oh, nice. I've, yeah, like I've, he does great indie films now. Uh, he produces horror films and stuff. And so I reviewed several of his films on my podcast and, and all of that. So mm-hmm. I reached out to Zach. I was like, I told him what we were doing. Yeah. He was on board from the beginning. He was like, this is hilarious. It's going to be awesome. And I said, look, I was like, we're going to have this song called Hey Scut, I want to I want to beat you up. Uh, you suck, you know, and, and I was like, I would love for you to sing on this song with us. I was like, it would just be like gang vocals. You can, you know, I don't know if you can sing or not, but it won't matter. And he was mm-hmm. like, that's that's great. I'll do it. And so uh, <laughs> so awesome. we got it. To, like I said, I got it probably about early June. I, we made sure we did that one first to give him some time. We sent it over. And look, I, you know, I only know about these things from from like DIY punk growing up like in the, our band is not punk but that's the scene that we're in you know it's right like, right no rules just like have fun do fun stuff like i don't know what it's like to to be this iconic to play this iconic character mm-hmm. that is in everyone's living rooms for 24 hours every year you know and like to go to conventions <laughs> and have to and anyway he got the song and he was just like i don't think i should do it you know he was like i don't think that people will I don't think people would want to hear Scott Farkas singing about beating up Scott Farkas. That's right? true. Yeah. And so ultimately he backed out, but he was really nice. I mean, like I said, like we were in touch for probably two months off and on, just like going back and forth. And ultimately he bowed out, um, but he was really nice about it. And, and I understand, but that was sort of the genesis of that was like, you know, not only do this song, but it would be really cool to try to get Zach in. And we thought we had him for a little while and then it didn't work, but yeah, it would have been really cool. But yeah. Yeah. He's a nice well, guy. Oh, right on. 
Well, the, uh, the, my second favorite song, and, and we'll, I mean, I want to talk about all of them, but eventually, okay. uh, but, um, yeah, it's my second favorite one is I don't want your tinker toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love those songs. And my, my main complaint about both of them is that they're too short. Too I wanted, short. Right. I wanted it like another verse. I wanted it to go. <laughs> I just, I love them so much. I, it, it was like, Oh, it's like, keep going. But. You just no. got to replay it. You got to play it again. Um, I did. I, yeah, I did. So Scott Farkas, yeah. When I when I hear the Scott Farkas song now, what I wish we had done, looking mm-hmm. back, I wish we had thrown in a little like loud guitar part in the middle yeah. and, then thrown it, and then thrown in another yeah. thing. But I mean, you know, like I said, we did it really fast. And, yeah. and I'm always like, shorter is better. Shorter is better. Even wanting more. Like when we play live shows, you know, we were younger. And I was like 20 years old or whatever. Like when we're playing shows, we, we try to play like hour, hour and a half sets. And yeah. like, there's five other bands and nobody wants to hear you play that long, you know? And yeah, like by, yeah. you know, by 2010, I was like seven songs and get off stage. You know, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hear you. you know, even, even if we're traveling to another city, play seven or eight songs, get off stage and <laughs> they can buy the record and we'll come back. You know, I don't know. So, well, yeah. uh, they're great songs and that's the only reason why I wanted them longer. So that, <laughs> well, I, I wanted you. to hear more of it. Uh, <laughs> so like on, on Hey Scott, you suck. I mean, I, I haven't sat down to, to figure it out, but it, I mean, it sounded like it was like a one and like a flat seven and then back to the one. And then, uh, I think there's like a five in there. Like, yeah, no, I don't remember, there, honestly. There, like I did this stuff so fast. So, so I don't have the I, chords. Um, I it's think it's a one, four or five though. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah and I'll then look I, it up, I think yeah. it even goes to like a, like the flat seven or flat six, flat seven, one. Something it's what it sounds like. You know? Yeah. Again, I, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. That part there. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's really cool. It's a good progression. <laughs> well, thank you. The, uh, the one I know you mentioned Tinker Toys. That's one that yep. I really like the chord progression of that one. That was one that's not really like something I would normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually I'm one, four, five. Dun, dun, dun. You know, Ramones, I think it was like a chords. one flat three, four, maybe. Uh, it, it goes kind of all over the place. It doesn't actually, you don't get the one dun, on that song. Dun, I think dun, till the dun, last chord, dun, dun, if I'm right. Like that, right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's one that's like, in a different key and then like i said i don't think yeah the, it does i don't think yeah. you get the one until that last chord i'm trying to yeah i got it right here hold on um so the on hey scott uh these are not in order no, yeah uh, sorry i was just picking up my <laughs> picking up my favorites there no yeah that's okay i'm trying to find them so tinker toys would technically be an f right but it's mo- so so it's like the a minor mm-hmm. so yeah so it's like a minor three four five Right. But then it goes mm-hmm. to the minor, uh, two. Um, and then there's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. It's different from anything <laughs> that I usually do. Right. Uh, yeah. I got to. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it's like three, five, three, five, two, four, then finally the one. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. And you're right. It, it was different from the rest. So I, I think that also kind of drew my ear. Um, but it's just, it has an energy that I really enjoyed. You know, well, thank and, you, thank you. And I don't know if it was the tempo or or what, but just something about it. It just it was at that pace that it, it just had that energy. It was like, yeah, I want to hear it again. And so I you know <laughs> rewound it, <laughs> and then it's just really catchy. Your Tinker Toys, you know, it's just, it's, it's a ca- catchy little bit there. So uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we thought that should be their angry song. We thought they should have a couple of angry songs, right? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one would be Scott Farkas, and yes. then um, and then yeah, like Tinker Toys. Like man, it's just like. That offends Ralphie, you know, like when they think he should have tinker toys, like that he really yeah, he gets, gets <laughs> mad about that. I just pictured him internalizing that and just like getting with his band in the garage and be like, guys, we're going to crank this one out. This one, this is our angry punk song. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I really thought it was, uh, it was perfect because it doesn't, it does capture that, you know, that, that whole just, 
no, I want, you know, I want the BB gun, you know, what if, and I, I love, there's a line in there too, where he says like, what if Black Bart, you know, comes for my family? <laughs> that is one, you know, where we had to, so uh, the, the temptation was to throw in a lot of um, like references. Quotes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, but then we kind of also said, we no need to do it because we could just do another album next year. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. we don't need to use every reference. And, uh, you know, in fact that we, we didn't say, Oh fudge at all. And there was one spot <laughs> where we had, yeah, we had like an Oh fudge. And then it was like, we just kind of threw it in and the background's like, nah, you know what? Like just save it. it That's it, the yeah. whole song. You know? So, yeah. um, so, but that was one where, you know, it was like the tinker toys at first. It didn't have the black Bart part in there. You know, it's just about like hating tinker toys, <laughs> but then it made more sense to be like, Tinker toys aren't going to help me if Black Bart comes. Like I'm not a kid, you know. Like <laughs> yeah. I got to protect my family. I need a gun. I need a BB gun. So yeah. when you write, um, so do you take like a little line then and just kind of like what's your writing process? Because for me, I always have my best ideas when I'm in the shower. For some reason, <laughs> like like you know, if I were to sit down and just kind of jam with my guitar, I eh, it, they're terrible. And then I'm in the shower and all of a sudden I have like really great ideas. But then uh, my problem is I usually forget them by the time I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, ah, what was it? And I'm so, constantly singing into my phone because of that reason. <laughs> um, so my phone, like it's, it's this thing where like, I, pro- I just dumped off of my phone, all my demos, probably from um, after we finished Ralphie's Red Rider. So probably just like say the last three or four months. And there are probably over a hundred files. Wow. That I dump. Yeah. So I mean, like I'm constantly singing into my phone. I'd say out of every hundred things that I put into my phone, I might could be able to use anywhere from, you know, 15 to 30, you yeah. know, something like that. So I mean, like, you know, the success rate is not a hundred percent. I don't like everything I end up singing into it. Right. And sometimes I, I find out later, Oh, that was the same thing I did two days ago. It's just been stuck in my head. So, yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, like, or like uh, one will be a verse and one will be a chorus and I'll end up putting them together. So, Put them together. Yeah. Um, but so I am always singing to my phone. I rarely forget songs these days because I just go right to my phone. Nice. Um, yeah. And so it's usually there. Um, and then the process itself is like for something like this, that is so specifically themed. Right. Right. I, I just will have an idea. Hey, this is a topic or this is a title. Um, like, I don't want your tinker toys. Like that's gotta be the title. Right. And so like, what kind of song is that going to be? That's going to be a punk song. And like most of these songs are going to be one, four, five. So we want to start with a minor chord on this one. And this has to be their angry song. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. If I take out the guitar, then usually I'll get like the, the song first and then I'll find something to put to it. But, uh, when I don't have my guitar in my hands, it usually starts with like a line or a lyric idea that I have. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll try to come up with a melody but, or a lot of times also just a melody. Um, and then I'll use those later. And so, you know, so like yeah. sometimes I'll be sitting there, I'll go, Oh, I got this chorus. Uh, I do need a verse. And then I'll flip through my phone and find a verse that didn't have anything attached to it. And then I'll use that. So, you know, nice. it could be anything, yeah. You know. I think for me, I, when I'm writing, I usually uh, come up with the melody first and then the lyrics later. Like yeah. I, I, for some reason I have a hard time when, uh, when I, I have the lyrics first. So it just, it, it just never jives for me. It's hard to, to put the lyrics to music, but if the other way it's a, so much easier. And so yeah. I, I think that's generally the way I like to work, but that's really interesting that you just kind of, you know, sing it into your phone and then you know, go from there. So, and I've come a long way. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's just something that I, I, I don't know if you call it a talent. I don't know. It's something I've developed. And I mean, it's mm-hmm. very sort of, uh, 
you know, targeted, like it's very, you know, like it's not great. Like it's not Mozart. It's not Beethoven, like, but it is what it is. <laughs> and like, whatever it is, like, I find that I'm, I'm getting pretty good at it, you know, as I, as I do it more and more and more, you know? So. Yeah. Which is funny because at least for me, sometimes that stuff's actually easier to write than it is like a good song. Oh yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So. I'm the opposite. And I mean, look, I've had people criticize me over the years that I don't wail on the guitar and, and, uh, my, my melodies and my lyrics are too simple. And, and, and that's fine because there are also this whole other side of people who <coughs> love things like the Ramones and three chord mm-hmm. pop punk and, and just people who are just straightforward and tight and, and have a lot of melody and harmony, you know? Yeah. So, people like different stuff so you know i I, i'm not gonna make you know uh the next pet sounds i know that (laughs) you know but but i can do something that is kind of reminds people of the remotes enough that you're not getting new remotes records so here's something else (laughs) yeah yeah you're right about that um so the the album actually opens with uh my decoder ring Yes. Another it's a great tune. I like it. It uh, it's catchy. You know, then to as far as the movie goes, it's about you know that whole little little orphan Annie bit where he's, <laughs> right. Um, right. And so we didn't know we didn't know how we wanted to open the record. Uh, we didn't have anything in mind. Uh, yeah. I, I'll tell you later the song I wrote for the closer and then changed it. Uh, but but we ended up with this one as the opener. Um, as soon as we recorded it, I loved it. First of all, uh, yeah. it surprised me how much I liked it. Uh, the key change I think helped. Um, you know, it just was really simple, but also really catchy. And, and sometimes I don't realize how catchy they are until I get them down and they're in my head a little mm-hmm. bit. And um, so I started sending this one around to friends and, and everyone was really loving it. And so um, I knew right away that this was probably going to be one that would share first, you know, just to kind of get people into it. But also it has the mythology that we kind of created that this is Ralphie Schwartz and Flick playing this music and you know there's the line <laughs> all the kids will want to know my trick i'll send secret codes to schwartz and flick yeah. and new songs for us to sing and so it's like this had to be the kickoff song because we're we're kind of portraying this myth that this is ralphie schwartz and flick now i don't know what year it is or how old they are because you know obviously these are not eight-year-olds singing right. these songs i'm gonna say they're 17 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's kind of like have you seen the terrible sequel I have no story. Actually. Yeah. Well, so they're like 16 and, uh, it's more about like, he wants a car. Oh, and, uh, okay. It's pretty bad. It's, but I mean, as a fan <laughs> of the movie, everybody should watch it. I, I kind of, um, I kind of need to feel, I feel like I need to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. You sure. should watch it. Um, and it's Daniel Stern is the dad. So really? Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that you seems know, weird. It's very weird because you think of him as a robber in home alone and the voice of Kevin in wonder years. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, kind of all related yeah right? that, that doesn't um, jive. but now he's the dad he's trying to be that darren mcgavin uh character uh, but <laughs> I anyway uh, don't think but he so, succeeds but yeah so they're like 16 and, and schwartz and flick are there and they're and like the, they're trying to scheme I, I don't know i think he wrecks the car or something i think he wrecks his dad's car and he's got to come up with money to pay for it or oh something. wow and that's yeah and so so maybe it's those guys because okay. but i mean that would still be like the 50s and these guys obviously aren't playing ramon's core pop punk in the 50s so i don't know maybe they got a delorean and they traveled they might yeah i don't know know. (laughs) we didn't didn't figure it out that much yeah (laughs) because he came back um (laughs) yeah exactly it's a good opener it's nice and solid um it segs right into i can't put my arms down 
which is another one. And you said that was the first one that you. And that was the first one right. that I wrote and finished and did the demo for. And, and that's, and of course, referring to the, uh, the infamous coat scene where <laughs> Randy can't put his arms down. Randy can't, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And it's one that everybody just recognizes. Um, and we, we use it as the B side for the bullfrog, the demo. We use the demo as the B side for the bullfrog demo, uh, single when we put that out in March. And so people had heard the full bullfrog and then the demo, the acoustic demo of this. Uh, back in March. And so those two have been out there. Uh, I think they're on Spotify and everything right now. So, um, so those two have been out there. And so they've gotten good reviews. If you search the internet, there's people talking about my friend Josh, who writes for Faster and Louder. In fact, wrote back in March, I think that like his favorite lyric of 2020 so far was, I hate meatloaf and I can't put my arms down. <laughs> Which is another one that I threw. Meatloaf could have been its own song, but I just felt like that break needed something new. And, and so we threw that meatloaf. Tell you what, though, man, that's the whole theme for 2020 for sure. <laughs> I eat meatloaf and I can't put my arms, I can't put my arms down. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, uh, so that one's a standard 145. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, you know, I think it starts with the one, six, four, five, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I know, uh, I know for sure the uh, the, the closer does. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's the, yeah, and I didn't write the closer. We can talk about that. Oh, that's the one I didn't write. Yeah. Oh okay. Well, we'll talk about it for sure then. Yeah. Um, it's definitely that one minor six four five progression. Yep. Yeah, standard. I do that a lot. You'll hear yeah. that. Yeah. Sixties <laughs> <60s> and <laughs> stuff like that. But oh yeah, I, I do that. I mean, I'm I'm everything I do a lot is based on the 60s you know so but yeah uh camp on my arms down is all one six four five i believe uh oh and th- so when it goes to meatloaf double beatloaf that's a minor three. Oh, okay other that, right on other than that it's all one six four five yeah and if you don't know what we're talking about too bad no i'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're talking about chord progressions <laughs> oh man what what inspired the bumpus hounds like what the? <laughs> I believe that was Mark, that our bass player, that said we had to have a Bumpus Hound song, um, or maybe it was just me. I don't remember, <laughs> but I mean, that was a pretty clear cut one. And then the the Bumpus Hounds at the end—that's Mark's dog, uh, Manny. Uh, he recorded Manny like eight times, and I just kind of you know. Okay, see, I wasn't sure if that was other. you guys making the sounds yourself. Oh, that was Manny. Okay. Manny is a huge. Uh, <laughs> I guess a bloodhound? What is, I don't, I'm probably saying that wrong. Sorry, Mark. Uh, Manny is a very large dog, probably bigger than Mark for the most part. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, but, um, yeah. So we got Manny, uh, barking a lot and then I just kind of looped them over each other. But, uh, yeah. I mean, the Bumpus Towns, that's a pretty iconic scene. You yeah. Know, stealing the turkey. Also, yeah. that was really cool because I believe that there was a line, you know, so, you know, I can take credit for writing most of the lyrics, but, Really, Gene Shepard wrote most of the lyrics, right? Well, it was my yeah. job to take his to important lines <laughs> and find ways to rhyme them, you know. So, I mean, I'd add things yeah. here and there, but yeah. but that rhyme was built in when he goes, uh, "Did he say 785 of the smelliest dogs alive?" Yeah. Or maybe maybe I added the alive, but he the 785 of the smelliest dogs was him, and maybe I added the alive. But I mean that that one kind of wrote itself, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's very specific i mean gene shepherd is amazing so yeah i mean it's classic uh, it's yeah. so much so that like you said they show it every christmas eve for like all day <laughs> uh and, and so i guess you know we can say right here so um we've got a lot of friends from europe and everything and, and we've mm-hmm. met a lot of bloggers and podcasters and things just from vista blue and so when we started sending this out um 
it was getting good reviews or, or, or people that haven't posted reviews yet have been messaging us and like it. And we've been talking to people, but we slowly also discovered they have no idea what we're singing about. And they just like the music. And, and so most of my friends hey, in Europe, better. they don't know the movie. And so I'm having these hilarious conversations where, where they're like, well, is it like a black and white classic? And I'm like, no, it's just this movie from the eighties. And, and, you know, they're like 24 hours. You know, it's on, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. it comes on and people will leave it on and quote the whole thing and families will, will watch it. And, um, but we're also learning about their customs too. And like in Sweden, apparently at three o'clock on Christmas Eve, they watch the, the set of Donald Duck cartoons and that's what they do. Yeah. And, mm. and, and they're not Christmas related for the most part. I believe maybe one or two are. Um, you know, I was talking to some friends about it and I uh, brought it up on Snow and Southtown and Rusty had heard of it. And, um, yeah, and so we're finding about the odd things that people do, and you just attach nostalgia to some weird things. And this weird movie is one of the things that it's attached to. <laughs> I don't know. You know what, though? The movie is it's just really Americana. I mean, it really is. It's like it just captures that feel. So, I mean, I get why another country really wouldn't um, be, like, super into it. <laughs> well, and, and not only that, just don't know it, right? And so, yeah. I mean, I think I have some friends who are going to check it out this year, and we'll see if they get right it. They might, I mean, I don't know. I probably won't get it. I don't know. Because it's, like, it's from the 80s, but it's not. It's set it's, in 1940 or whatever. Yeah, it's so. not about the 80s at all, yeah. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. So much so that when we covered it, um, my guest uh, actually thought, like, like he grew up thinking the whole thing was set during the 80s. He didn't realize it. Wow. It, yeah. Uh, until he was older. And then he, you know. Okay. Yeah. I guess a as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> tell me about um, the Higby's promo. Oh, so uh, my friend Reese, who is the drummer for uh, Vista Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, when we play live shows and, and when we record drums, we don't always record drums. I do a lot of them in garage band because again, yeah. free, but, yeah. uh, but we're lucky enough. I will say we're lucky enough that we have a good friend who is Reese's brother-in-law, actually, uh, Matt drastic. Matt drastic was in the, uh, Matt Yonker. Um, he was in, um, the teen idols way back in the day and then toured with the queers for a while. And then he became in the, at the end of the nineties, the uh, drum tech and, and everything for less than Jake. And so, uh, he now, he now is less than Jake's drummer. And, um, but so for years, he's just spent months of, of the year on the road. And, um, he, he has a home studio. And actually, I met Matt before I met Reese. I met Matt because my band, the Loblaws, recorded at his studio, mm-hmm. uh, when I first moved to Nashville. And then, uh, when I met Reese, it was just this huge coincidence that his, his brother-in-law was Matt. And so, um, anyway, so Matt has this studio, um, uh, that, he books a lot, you know, but he's also on the road a lot. And so we do get to, to rehearse there. That's where Vista Blue rehearses is at, at this great studio. But also we can use it for drums when, when we feel like we really need to bug Matt for a favor, you know? So, right, right. Uh, we did some drums this summer there. Or not me. I mean, obviously we were distanced. So recently right. some drums, um, for some other Vista Blue projects. But, uh, so anyway, so, but Reese is very involved in the, in the whole creative process, even when he's not drumming. And, um, we did an EP. Um, uh, based on um, Urban Legends a couple of years ago. I, I love Urban Legends. And one of my favorite stories is is the story of the hook killer, right? Ever since I was like a kid reading the Alvin Schwartz book, Scary Stories of Tell in the Dark, mm-hmm. I love the, the, this idea that you're out on Lover's Lane and you, you turn on the radio <laughs> and you hear about the hook killer, right? Yeah. And so I had Reese... Classic. Um, yeah, I had Reese do this voiceover 
and he's so creative. He's so awesome. And he does Christmas songs with us every year. And so he did this great like news broadcast voice and I layered like they were flipping through the radio and I layered in some hook songs. So you had like <laughs> blues traveler, you had, um, you know, baby, I'm, a, I'm hooked on you. Who I think that's bread, maybe, uh, and, you know, it's like three hook songs and then you have Reese come in and it's like really cool. It's like something that, that we can't put on Spotify because it has these songs in it. And so right, right. few people have ever really heard it. It's only on the Bandcamp version of the EP. But so anyway, so Reese was like, Hey, we should do like another like promo, like a radio thing. And so I dug through and the radio station in Cleveland at the time would have been this WTAM, which I think is still around. Um, and so, yeah, so we figured it'd be cool to do like a Higby's promo because we do sing about Higby's. Uh, we have a whole song about Higby's and I would mention it at mm-hmm. least another time. Um, and it's such a big part of the movie. There's like glued to the glass looking in at Higby's mm-hmm. and that's where they go see Santa. To, yeah. Yeah. So we pull up the, uh, we pulled up the YouTube old, we, as old as we could get like old TV commercials. Uh, probably from the early seventies, maybe. And, um, and we just kind of used what they had and kind of rewrote the script based on that. So it was like pretty much ripping off things that they said in these old TV commercials. Uh, and then my wife, who like you was a band director, uh, she and I sat down in garage band and put together the background music with like an oboe and a flute and stuff nice. like that. And, uh, and my wife kind of, you know, did some of that with me. Um, and sent it over to Reese and he, we came up with a script and he recorded the thing and, yeah, it's really cool. Like, like I said, like pretty much everything that's in that script we got from old commercials, you know, from Higby's. So, nice. Uh, we just kind of ripped it all off and put it together. <laughs> <laughs> but it was something fun I could do with Reese and, and my wife at the same time. You know, so well, it's a great thing because it goes right into that next one. I want to go to Higby's. Tonight. I want to go to Higby's. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is another great tune. I mean, well, they're you. all. I mean, I, I keep saying it, but that's because I. They're all really good. It's, it's hard to. <laughs> it's hard to find anything at all that you know you don't like about it they're all catchy they're up tempo numbers they're i mean they're just i love them (laughs) and they're great stuff man thank you so much yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah that's uh so i want to go to higby's is all about of course you know um checking it out and seeing santa and all that seeing all the toys and seeing all the toys yeah exactly that was one where you know it was summer it was like spring and summer when i was (laughs) doing it and uh that was when i had to go pull up some video just to remember kind of because i I didn't have enough lyrics. I was like, well, what, what the heck do they see besides Santa and the Red Rider BB gun? That That's was really all that I remember. Uh, yeah. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and, uh, of course, Wizard of Oz. And so, yeah. So I had to actually pull up some video on YouTube just to kind of remember what they <laughs> saw. Double check. And, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I came up with that break that I, I mean, I love the break where it's like, two, nine, nine, nine. you know, and I was like, I like to have harmonies. I don't like to force the harmonies. And so this yeah. is one that didn't have a lot of space for harmonies. But in that break, I could. And that's also why I threw like the synthesizer on there to kind of give nice. it a different feel. Yeah. yeah. See, and I love harmonies. Uh, if, um, if I can. I mean, me too, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And you I'm have some really voice. good ones, a lot of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so, so like when you get into the, uh, um, you know, I don't want your tinker toys and, and, you know, all those. I mean, there's some, some really great, you know, toys, but then you have toys you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. Your tinker toys. Uh, I mean, this, this is good stuff. And then you have like little, I don't want to say counter melodies because they're not really counter melodies, but they're not harmonies per se. So it's just like backing vocal. Uh, we'll bring in like a different melody. Like yeah, different. yeah, I'm not sure. Exactly and and we do it a lot at the end of our songs. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just like just to give it sort of this 
you know, round, like a merry-go-round kind of feel with like, it could literally be eight to 12 people doing different stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. I try not to do it too often or too much, but it is. Right. Right. But it's definitely effective something when you I use do it. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely effective. I do it a lot. <laughs> and then, uh, of course we, we talked about Hey Scott, but after that right. you get to the, I'm going to get an A plus on my theme. Yeah. So, right. So and that one, it's so funny because Scott, when I, when I finally said, I'm going to do the Scott song and I just uh-huh. kind of came up with it. I was like, Oh, this is easy. This kind of wrote itself. Right. Right. I was like, okay, that's probably, I hadn't done Tinker Toys yet. I was like, that's probably like the most punk song that's going to be on the CD. I was like, I should follow it with something really poppy. It should be poppy, like the poppiest yeah. song, you know? And so I was like, and, and seriously, I just heard the tap tap on, on the snare drum and then just come in. We had just done a song um, at Christmas called Secret Santa. And um, Secret Santa by Vista Blue is basically almost the same kind of thing. But, um, you know, the melody is a little bit different. But if, if, when I listen to the two songs, I realized that they're kind of the same. But, um, you know, <laughs> well, whatever. I do that That does a happen to a songwriter yeah, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> anyway, hey, it's two different bands. You know, who knows? This is Ralphie. This is not me. Um, but, yeah. But so uh, A plus on my theme, I just, like, wrote the song. Everything but that middle eight. Um, uh, a perfect theme will make them see that I wrote that later. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, it was like, oh, this is easy. Like, it's, none of these sounds are really complex, you know, let's face it. Um, but it was just like, yeah, like I just heard that tap tap go right into the, you know, the, the easy chords right there. Super poppy. Uh, the, basically the only one without distortion. Mm-hmm. It was like, I had it just like scut and then this like back to back. Um, nice. Yeah. They kind of both, I mean, it was really like in 20 minutes, I probably wrote both of those songs. Wow, that's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, it's much faster than the. Fa- I think the fastest I've ever written a song is like two hours. So twenty <laughs> minutes is. <laughs> I, do, I do it sometimes. It happens. It doesn't always work that way. But but I've been known yeah. to yeah just like throw to throw crank a song them out. Now. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Again, they're not complex. You know, we're not talking about. <laughs> Well, they, but it. they're good it doesn't matter if they're complex as long as they're good you know <laughs> if it gets stuck in my head that's my first thing you know it's like yeah. if i do it and then i leave it and if i can come back that night and remember it or the next day and remember it i was like oh that's probably a decent song you know if i can remember mm-hmm. it 24 hours later it's probably pretty good so yeah then i yeah, decide exactly. what do i want to do with it from there you know how do i want to build it yeah cool right on man um yeah so then of course we got into the uh they traded bullfrog you kind of talked about that one already yeah uh, that one, we already had used that one right mm-hmm. so. and then uh let's see after that is i got a zeppelin <laughs> that was what you know that's one that i have always i love that scene i think randy going whoopee i got a zeppelin like not so many people have found it to be as iconic as me i guess but that's fine i mean we can have little references too yeah but i thought in my head that that was a bigger reference uh but I guess not so many people know that one. No, I think it's more of a deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's <laughs> fine. That's good. <laughs> but it's cool. and, and I, I don't know how Randy keeps weaseling his storyline into these into these songs because <laughs> he's not even in the band technically. But, he's like, you know. uh, did you ever see Scott Pilgrim? Uh, oh man, it's been a, a long time. Okay, well, he's like that other guy that uh, <laughs> young Neil. He's like young Neil who just kind of hangs out with the <laughs> <Yes>. band. <laughs> yeah, so we put him as a guest on, in the liner notes. We said he's a guest. You know, so. <laughs> he's the annoying brother. He does walk to school with him and stuff. And so. He does, yeah. So he's around. They let him. They let him. I don't remember in the sequel how much. I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> if he annoys them in the sequel or not. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm kind of really wanting to check it out. <laughs> you got to see it. You got to watch it once. I know. And I keep saying I'm going to watch that and like uh, Christmas Vacation 2. Oh, yeah, that's uh, bad too. Now, I'll tell you the one I couldn't get through was the, uh, I guess, 
you know this, the Christmas story, there's a sequel that they actually made like mm-hmm. a few years later, my summer story. Do you know that? Oh, one? I, I had heard that one. I never seen it though, but yeah, I tried. I tr- it's on YouTube. That bad, um, huh? I think like it was the first scene. Maybe it was like something to do with the, the bumpuses and like, they were actually like involved somehow. It's like, I don't want like the bumpuses should be a distant yeah. unseen thing. Right. Yeah. They shouldn't be actually like involved. Like just the dogs coming over is enough. But it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was like they 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 were like more involved. It was in the backyard. I don't remember the whole. But I I shut it off and never went back. Yeah, there, so. I get to. You know, one day we're on like our fifth album. I'll probably have to go watch it. If you start, what, y'all don't know yeah, this one. You know you're running out of material. <laughs> <laughs> what? This is from the sequel. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> So it is something then that you're planning on doing, like at least for for the foreseeable future. Uh, We'll see. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, We're of course we're already talking about other song ideas that we left off. Like I said, I probably had four or five songs I didn't use uh, that I could have finished up. Um, And then I was, you know, and then we were going to do one um, for like a comp. I mean, look, this summer was supposed to be more of a buildup. We were going to be at a couple conventions even that we were talking to about right, like right. doing Ralphie's Red Riders and possibly some Snow and Southtown mm-hmm. stuff. And and so when everything got shut down, it was just like it ended up just being like, hey, we released this baseball song. We're making this album on Black Friday. You can hear it, you know. Yeah. And then um, we realized through the Christmas podcast um, and then when the Dolly Parton record came out, people were, some people were like ready for Christmas music. Yeah. There's still some people who are like Grinches who are like, no, you can't do Christmas yet. So that's why we did the CD on November 1st. Mm-hmm. We'll wait till after Halloween. CD release November 1st. We, we'll send you a download code when you buy the CD. And then Black Friday is still the like wide release on Spotify and everything. So. Nice. So that's how we got to that. Right on. And uh, yeah, so then we did uh, I Don't Want Your Tinker Toys. I won't shoot my eye out. I like that one. You know. Oh wait, I do want to go back to Tinker Toys. So okay, go for you, it. Go I didn't know it. if we were gonna. So the uh, the harmonies on that one, mm-hmm. uh, also on Scott <clears throat> and the background gang vocals on Scott Farkas mm-hmm. and uh, and then Tinker Toys. So that's my cousin Christopher, who is an amazing musician. Um, he has he's probably ten or twelve years younger than me. First of all, um, so he's just a super talented kid, and um, he has worked with me in various bands just like doing stuff i mean i remember like when i was playing before i moved from new orleans and i would play like coffee shops and he would come play he was still in high school you know so Mm -hmm. um but so he helped produce like an ep for one of my bands um he's just really reliable you know my music is not like his number one music uh, right 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 more like heavier stuff and hardcore stuff but but you know hey he grew up around me so he got into like oasis and weezer and stuff like that for me and so he does have those influences too. But so, uh, you know, he's on the Christmas comp with us every year. Uh, we've done like some awesome like rap songs together. Um, <laughs> so we've done, we've collaborated a lot. He's really talented. So Tinker Toys, yeah, sent to him. But those parts that you're talking about, that, that mm-hmm. gang harmony that you're hearing, right. mm-hmm. that's Christopher. So yeah, that's him. So, nice. Yeah. Good job. He did a great, yeah, he did a great <laughs> job. So I wanted to thank him. Yeah. I, and you know, I love, um, I talked about, I love harmony, but, especially in the songs like this, you know, yeah, you don't want to go with like the three, four part harmonies or anything like that. It's, that's the thing. That's a harmony that I didn't hear. That's I am really lucky to have all these friends, like, you know, mm-hmm. everybody from Christopher or Mark or Reese or my wife or, you know, Mark's wife who, who pitched in here um, that like, I don't always hear everything, you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to like Brian Wilson and Paul McCartney most of my life. And so like, you know, I hear these things and it's right. like, 
I don't listen to that music that Christopher listens to a lot, or I don't, you know, I don't listen to a lot of like songs that have these kind of like gang vocals in them. You know, I was like, I knew this was mm-hmm. the style I wanted to do, but that wasn't my instinct to, to hit that harmony. And yeah, I think you're right. Like Mark's on there with me and Mark and I are doing like some gang vocals. But when Christopher added that harmony that I would have never thought of on my own, but once I heard it, I was like, yeah, that's what it needed. Yeah, a, which which actually reminds me of something when you um when you sing your lead are you do you double your lead vocals oh yeah, yeah it yeah. sounded that's like a, yeah that's a brian wilson yeah that's that's double everything it sounded yeah it sounded very double i see and i always double whenever i'm doing harmony i always double myself um for the harmonies of course and then even for the lead but for some reason when it's just my voice um i, I don't like my voice doubled oh really <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is and i think it's because i don't think i'm that talented of a singer and so uh, I have a hard time getting it, you know, singing it the same way twice. Right. And so, so first of all, I'm I'm definitely not a talented singer. Um, but <laughs> but what it is is that my melodies are so I couldn't do like a Broadway musical and double it. Right. Right. I'm just not good enough. Um, you know, my cousin Terrell, who is in the uh, the Robinsons with me, my old band, uh, he got a college scholarship for for vocals, and and he yeah. was one of our backup singers. And sometimes we'd have songs that like I just felt like. I wasn't going to do justice and I give it to him because yeah. he was just this amazing vocalist uh, in our band. He was just like a keyboard player and a backup vocalist, but he could, he could double anything where like my melodies just kind of have to be succinct and, and tight mm-hmm. and, um, and sort of short uh, phrases and short syllables. But yeah, yeah, like when it gets long, it's harder. And, and yeah, and I do have to kind of retract and retract and I hate retracting. Um, I do like too. I said, it's- I like my stuff to be snapshots Right, right. So I was saying, so, you know, the stories that, that I always read are like Ryan Wilson or uh, Joey Ramone or like these, they can just nail these double track vocals and uh, they were just pros at it. You know, yeah, it's hard. It's very hard to do. It's something I've learned to do with myself. And uh, again, I've had great help from friends and like uh, my friend mm-hmm. Wyatt Funderburk is one of the best producers I know. And he has helped me a lot with recording vocals and things, even though I'm not nearly as good as he is. He's he's taught me a lot of tricks along the way. And just like mm-hmm. I said, just studying Brian Wilson and and Lennon and McCartney and Joey Ramone and people like yeah. that. Yeah. I think it's because I, I, I use too many grace notes. Like I scoop sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I can't like do it. I can't, and, I can't. I'll sort of like, I'll have a melody when I'm doing a demo. And mm-hmm. then when I go to record, I'll, I'll kind of change it sometimes just because, yeah, that's not going to work doubled. You know, I won't. Yeah. Yeah. So, I gotcha. Uh, it happens. Well, it sounds great. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so I won't shoot my eye out. I love this one too. So I wrote that one as the closer, right? I was like, we got to build up to this. Um, I want you my eye out. You know, it's really easy. Everything in threes, right? And so he he gets shot down three times. So it's perfect. Uh, It's really not much of like a chorus. So it's not a big sing song chorus. It's actually a song that I probably wouldn't use in most cases. But in this case, I felt like Mm -hmm. it was the perfect way to kind of wrap everything up. Right. Get the three storylines in there. We had been building up to the BB gun with little sidetracks because that's what the movie does. The movie it's very vignette yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but but there were little BB gun references along the way. And then right. now here it is. This is this is what I did. You know, this is what I was trying to do this whole thing. <laughs> BB gun. So, you know, I, I had the whole thing in my mind at the end that it was going to be that whole ending, like I said, just the merry-go-round at the end. Mm-hmm. That was going to be the closer. And then, of course, Mark and Beth, um, you know, our bass player and his wife, Beth, first of mm-hmm. all, Mark's wife, Beth, they moved to Nashville because she is just this excellent songwriter, singer-songwriter. And uh, she has this whole world going on on YouTube and social media. Uh, look up Beth Crowley. She, uh, speaking of theme writing, she just has been writing songs based on books. 
And so it'd be like these young adult books and mm-hmm. she would write these killer songs based on these books. And, and so her songs are really good, but then the authors of the book love her songs and they'll tweet it out. And she's just like, got this whole world going on. So it's funny nice. that we sort of found each other, Mark and Beth and then me, because like we both are sort of content with just like doing our thing on the internet yeah. and just like being online, you know, like neither one of us play a ton of live shows. Um, but and, and she just, she does really well. And so it's really funny because, uh, you know, we did this, uh, it's a long story, but I'll try to make it short. We did a seven inch. It started <laughs> as a joke in an interview where someone was asking us about baseball songs and if we do other sports. And right. I said, I'd love to do curling. I was just joking. <laughs> and uh, I've got one of the inspirations for Vista Blue doing baseball songs was this band I love called the Zambonis. And they do all hockey songs. They have done all hockey songs for 25 years. They've been on EA Sports hockey games. They have played at NHL All-Star Games. I use them for music on my sports podcast 10 years ago, you know, and mm-hmm. I've always been a fan of the Zambonis. And um, so when the Olympics were coming around after that interview, our friend, uh, this other guy, Mark, who did the interview was like, Hey, you guys doing that curling record for the Olympics? And I said, yeah, I'll do it. If, if I can get the Zambonis to do it with me. And I tagged the guy from the Zambonis. We were just Facebook friends. Yeah. Didn't yeah. really know each other. And he replied, he's like, let's do it. They have never <laughs> recorded another song that wasn't about hockey. And so we ended up doing this seven inch of curling songs where we were on the B side, the Zambonis were on the A side. Uh, it was kind of rushed because you got to put a vinyl into production quickly. Right. And mm-hmm. we had this deadline of the Olympics. So we couldn't, we couldn't really shop it around. So we did a Kickstarter and put it out. Ourso- I got to put out a record by one of my favorite bands, the Zambonis with my nice. band on the B side. Right. That's awesome. And so, so suddenly we had to write these curling songs in like a month. And so I had like five ideas and, I, and Mark was like, well, Beth and I are going to try one. And I was like, okay. And Beth and Mark come up with this great song, um, you know, Girl Who Can Curl. And so we ended up using one of those. So the fact that I've got all of these friends willing to pitch in, <clears throat> including, you know, Mark's wife, Beth, who is just a great songwriter, you know, this is the kind of stuff that happens. And so they were just like, hey, we were driving uh, to Georgia for Christmas and we were talking about doing this band. We wrote this song. It's kind of like a doo-wop song. And it's called Electric Sex, and it's about the leg lamp. And I was like, cool, yeah, it sounds fun. And so I kind of listened to their demo once and, and mm-hmm. put it on the side with all of my ideas. And when I went back to it in the spring, it just blew me away. And once again, <laughs> what it is is like this, this, this fact that I have these friends who not only participate in stupid ideas with me, right? But then mm-hmm. we'll try to write songs that sound like something that fits in with my goofy songs and end up <laughs> writing amazing songs in the process. And so... I'm really fortunate. They So they gave me the song and the more I got into it, I was like, this could go like right in the middle is like the centerpiece of the album. I was like, really, you know, th- with the, with the different style and, and what we're going to do with it, it really just needs to be the new closer. And so it's like, you'll, you know, I won't shoot my eye out. I won't shoot my eye out. And then finally kind of building up to this. Just, I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful song. Um, I feel, again, I feel lucky to have it. it was, like I said, it's like a doo-wop demo that they did. It is, yeah. And I made it like a Weezer kind of you know song out of the synth. And, uh, and then I added that whole end with, in my, yeah, in my window, uh, you know, just, I mean, but they had all the lyrics and all the stuff was them. The keyboard melody was them. Uh, they, this demo was pretty much done. I think I changed two, two lines uh, to make it sort of fit what I wanted to do. But um, I, I think I, I have their demo and I think we're going to put it out on our, on our Christmas thing that we do. Uh, or maybe I can send it to you one day, but I mean, yeah, they just kind of wrote this song in the car going to their parents' house for Christmas. So. Wow. That's yeah. Pretty it's, awesome. It's, yeah. And so it's, it's amazing. It's the only one again that I didn't write. 
but it's my favorite one. You know, I, I mean, I'm not gonna sit around and love my songs, but you know, when when my friends contribute, like, yeah, I just yeah. Think awesome. so, again, really lucky to have it. Uh, and I love that it's part of the record. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it's definitely like when I first heard the song. I mean, it was I knew it was different. It's st- it stood out in a good way. It was good. Um, it's I like it. It's not my favorite though. I still like uh, <laughs> I, I still like the. Uh, you know the the uh, I don't want your tinker toys and hey Scott you suck <laughs> better. Yeah, I'll I don't say know if so. I'm just, if I'm just angry or what? <laughs> I'll <laughs> but, say for mine, yeah, like outside of their song that they wrote, the two that kind of stick with me is like, hey, that's really cool. Um, would be Tinker Toys and A Plus on my theme. Yeah, uh, have been the two that I've really liked. You know, that kind of surprised me that that like they were kind of throwaways when I wrote them, but now they really stick with me. So. Yeah. Well, that's it's a good pairing there, you know the uh, uh, the hey Scott you suck and then that one, yeah, uh, yeah, like it's just it's a nice sag, something different, but uh, right, right. But it does make me wonder, um, you know, what would you say is like your hap hap happiest memory recording this, or like what you know, what's your favorite moment of this? This whole uh, so, like I said, the whole process was a blast. Um, you know, this was not an easy summer, uh, of course, <laughs> for yeah. anyone. Um, no. And honestly, we, we, like I said, the plan was to slow down for 2020 with Vista Blue. Mm-hmm. Then we got hit with this quarantine where we didn't have anything else to do. And so in March, I think we did three EPs. We just started cranking them out. Wow. Um, and then, because we didn't have anything else to do, and we were kind of thinking, true. Yeah. we were thinking, hey, this is going to be over <laughs> by the summer. Then we'll get back to like Ralphie's Red Riders and do some Christmas convention stuff. And so, but then, you know, April 1st, uh, Adam Schlesinger of Fountains of Wayne died. And um, it, it just shook me. I was like, suddenly I just like stopped doing music. Uh, I just kind of focused on on like work and just kind of horror movies again, just kind of escaped from it, um, put everything off. Uh, finally, my brother and some friends got together with me and we, and we did a Fountains of Wayne tribute uh, that we put out. And so that kind of, you know, helped me because just, again, my friends just wrote, did these amazing renditions of fountains of wayne songs and so right. uh, by the end of by the end of like may i was kind of back into doing music again so i mean when i sat down to really put this together in may and, and record it in june it was just really cool again that like not only was i doing it but so many friends were so supportive and pitching in and and either just kind of listening to, to mixes that i'd send them or actually participating in gang vocals or whatever or mark mm-hmm. going on bass and so i mean i i don't know if i can like just pick one moment. It was just the idea that like it was June of like the craziest summer of my life other than 2005, the year of like hurricane Katrina and stuff, you know? Um, oh yeah. But like, and, but here I was with like leg lamp set up around my studio and, you know, I had my <laughs> leg lamp mug and drinking coffee out of it and like just kind of, you know, and gearing up to all the Christmas podcasts doing like Leon day stuff and Christmas in July stuff, you know, it was like right. this whole Christmas community that Rusty and I had kind of fallen into um and so it was a, just kind of a really cool time to just escape from it and, and kind of uh think about christmas for a little bit and look forward to like hey let's get this record out and and, and christmas time and have a lot of fun you know doing a podcast and 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 sharing this music with people you know and so nice. um it wasn't just this we were doing vista blue christmas stuff too uh we got a lot of music coming out we're on that vinyl comp that vista blue did and, mm-hmm. uh, so i mean yeah it was like just a whole summer of like we did two or three summer songs and then we did like a ton of Christmas music that we'll be releasing now. So I don't know if there's, again, I don't know if there's one part, but it was like 
you know, every day it was like, Hey, here's Christopher's vocals. Here's Manny howling that I'm going to mix in. It's like, it really <laughs> kind of fun, you know, a few weeks of, of recording this stuff. So, yeah. Cool. I think for me, um, the part that made me smile the most, um, was the, uh, it's funny because it's not my favorite song, but I, I think it really did, uh, make me smile the most was, uh, the, the closer there, the electric sex. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cause it's, it's not classic. something you'd expect. Yeah. At that point, you know, well, we had exactly. kind of touched on stuff. We yeah. got to the BB gun. It's like, what's left, you know? It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's sort of, to me, it's like, he's gotten through the Christmas season and now he's like, he's got his BB gun is like, Man, but that leg lamp, <laughs> that, was, that was cool, man. That was something else, was, yeah. <laughs> right? Because, like, you're so, when you're a kid, like, you're just so blinded, like, it's Christmas, 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 you know? And now like, you get to, like, that week after Christmas, and you kind of play with your toys, and you yeah. kind of hang out with your friends, and you're like, you finally can, like, think about other things again, you know? It's yeah. Like, man, that leg lamp, man, that was cool for, for a little while. So my mom, like, broke it or whatever. <laughs> you did it on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but now we come to uh, one of my favorite parts of the show, which is a little segment I like to call "To the Max." <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we uh, we talk about our favorite or do our our best impression of our favorite part. You don't have to do an impression because it's actually you, but uh, uh, <laughs> but where we talk about our favorite part of the, of the in this case the, the album. So um, uh, we won't be there. Are no votes, just for just because you know and sure. uh, I'll, I'll just let you go first you just kind of like maybe give me your favorite lyric uh, out of the whole thing and uh if you can because i know that's hard that's like yeah it's hard like which, i said because which I can't kid really, is your favorite you know yeah i can't like take credit either because like this is not like i just dreamed this all up from scratch so it's a little exactly, different yeah, at this yeah, time um yeah. i'm very proud of some of my stuff like on other projects this one is like i was basically putting a puzzle together you know yeah, so yeah that's kind of how I look at it. Um, I do like some of the stuff I came up with. I, I, I think in uh, Bullfrog, that uh-huh. was a tougher one because there was nothing there, right? right. And so, and and I don't want to like stray from the movie. I don't want to invent things that aren't there, you know. So right. it's like I want to take what the movie gives me, and I want if you're a fan of the movie, I want you to feel like you know everything that's there. So other than the mythology that we created about them writing songs, I wanted to be true to the movie. So, uh, so this one was tough, but so you know, he says utility infielder. That's like his his gripe is like we got a whole team of utility infielders you know and so <laughs> and so i came up with the with the bat wielder they dealt our best bat wielder for utility infielder so i thought that <laughs> i like that one um the one that gets me for some reason is it's really nothing special but at the end of a plus again i just i really like that one for some reason but at the end of a plus i bring in the third harmony on if only in my dreams because it's like yeah. that's what he's doing like the whole time he thinks that miss shields is the ticket to getting this BB gun, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so he's going to, but then you realize like, no way kid, like you're dreaming, right? Like, we know, like we can see it coming. And so, and, and so like that line, that third harmony comes in. Um, and it's like, if only in my dreams, I'm going to get an A plus on it. So like, not even going to get the A plus. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I like that part, but, um, I, again, like I have to give credit to, uh, Mark and Beth, and so when they say, uh, I remember when we all heard the crash, the new light of my life had been smashed. <laughs> I did like um, that one, yeah. That one. And then, and then also, yeah, we talked about it, but uh, Tinker Toys. What if Black Bar comes from my family? I'm all grown up now. I don't need your Tinker Toys. I triple dog dare you to give me some. 
I'm not a little kid. I want a BB gun. Not that's that's actually my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so those are, those are the ones that I thought of when you asked me the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause you have, I mean, it's a cool little thing. It's like, what if black Bart comes for my family? You know, I'm all grown up now. You know, and, and that's I, it. No, you nailed it. Tinker toy. Something like that. But uh-huh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like that, man. That was, a, that was my favorite one. Like, yeah. that's funny it's it's definitely like it's 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 fast man it's a it's it's a i don't usually write songs like that you know i mean i listen Mm -hmm. to songs that are like that uh sometimes but that's not in my writing like wheelhouse so i I know what you mean yeah (laughs) a lot of the ones that i do um because like for the last i don't know how many years i've played in the various cover bands and just whatever you know and and we do a lot of like Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and and right. you know Fleetwood Mac kind of stuff. So I, a lot of what I write is kind of like in that style. Gotcha. Um, so whenever I hear something like this, it's like I know I can, but I just I never do. <laughs> I never write it like this. It's like I want to write it like this, but for some reason I'm always I always go back to yeah, like yeah. the old faithful, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely always on the one four five, and so yeah, I have to like again, I have to almost get in character to to get out of that, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um. But, you know, G.I. Joe, they taught us that uh, knowing is half the battle. What do you think is the other half? <laughs> so, you know, you can go a number of ways here. So the first way you can go is the other <laughs> half is getting that BB gun, right? <laughs> yes. But on our record, I don't think he, he, it's, cl- it's clear that he got it on the record. Uh, and so, you know, that's something that we will have to revisit later. So, honestly, what I have to go with, the other half is having friends like Schwartz and Flick who will help you do cool stuff, which in my case, you know, it's all these other people. It's not Schwartz and Flick, but right. you know, I mean, the mythology here is like Ralphie's making this record with Schwartz and Flick and they're singing these songs and they're writing these songs. And so, yeah. you know, and again, I couldn't have done this by myself. I get, you know, I got Mark and then, and then, you know, Reese and Christopher and Donna and Beth and Manny and whoever else, you know, <laughs> were involved yeah. in, in helping out. So yeah. What's well, a great concept album, man. I like it. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah. So for me, if uh, if knowing is half the battle, uh, the other half is that Scut sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I went simple, <laughs> and, we, and we tell him he sucks. Too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We tell him if he doesn't know it, he up. will after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Scut. I know. I know. He, he really just wants some bad. friends. Yeah, he just wants some friends. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't know how to. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, but so. Okay, it's been a lot of fun talking about this album, learning about your process and everything. Uh, where can they find you? I mean, you know, tell me about tell me about it. So, all right. So, first of all, our main project, which I should pitch, is Vista Blue. So, it's we are Vista Blue at Bandcamp.com, and you'll find, like I said, like over thirty releases. We're also on Spotify and everywhere where you can find music. And so that's that's our main thing that we do right now. And so this concept was Ralphie's Red Riders, and so that'll be Ralphie's Red Riders dot bandcamp.com uh we're on facebook both vista blue and ralphie's Red riders are on facebook and then streaming everywhere spotify apple music and all that stuff and of course i should say since this is a christmas show if you haven't heard uh snow in south town uh my friend rusty and i do snow in south town and again we're both really like musicians and english teachers and all this other stuff and snow in south town is just something we do for fun it's not the best podcast or whatever it's just really fun just hanging out with rusty and talking about christmas uh, you know, at, in April and July and October or whenever we're doing it. And so uh, it's a lot of fun. And so, yeah, I think as a fan of this show, uh, maybe you should check out Snow and South Town too. So. Definitely should. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I love the bit 
uh, you always you guys talk about where uh you know it's it's like a top 10 you did the top 10 movies top 10 music and you're like yeah you know if you don't like it blame our friends it's a terrible <laughs> taste <laughs> we did it's fun again again i have to give my friends credit because i could just be like someone who doesn't have friends and, and i'm really like i'm not a social person like it's weird because like i play shows and like for 20 years i've, I've gone and played music all around and stuff and, and, yeah. and i love it and i have fun but outside of like that environment I'm kind of awkward. And so we're not like in my living room watching horror movies or whatever. Like, so the fact that I do have friends that do stuff, I'm very thankful. And so we sent out a survey over the summer and we said, Hey, if you had to pick your top 10 Christmas songs and movies, what would it be? And it's the summertime. Like who's thinking about Christmas? And we got, right. Yeah. Probably like 30, 40 responses. And so put together a top 10, which were mostly things that we wouldn't have picked. And so we had to talk about it. So then we just made fun of our friends the whole time. <laughs> Uh, so this year, what happened is now we're picking our own stuff, but it's like stuff that like Christmas with the Cranks that I know Rusty is going to hate, but I love it. And so I just want to hear him like whine about it the whole time. <laughs> That's going to be and awesome. Then he's picking like weird Christmas albums that I have to listen to. And so it's, it's fun. Like I love Rusty and I, I love Christmas. So, you know, there you go. Right on. <laughs> and, and there you go. Ralphie's Red Riders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me and taking the time out of your life and, and your show, you know, and, and um, subjecting your listeners to a band that writes two minute pop punk songs about <laughs> a movie. <laughs> I don't know, you know? I'm sure if my listeners are, you know, they're kind of nostalgic for the 80s. So I'm yeah, sure yeah, awesome. it's, it's uh, like right up their alley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, you know, and I guess I should mention it is on CD if you're into like physical products, but it's also uh, come Black Friday. We'll be streaming everywhere, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, or whatever. Uh, and of course, on Bandcamp, you can buy it digitally. So the CD is up at our, oh, I should mention the store envy. So it's, uh, Radiant Radish is like our label. So radiantradish.storeenvy.com. And that's where you can buy the uh, CD. And, uh, that's out right now. Like I said, then you can buy the digital, um, version on Black Friday. So. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks to you and to everyone for listening. I'm really appreciative. Thank you. Yeah, anytime, man. So I'm going to end it by saying I'm going to get an A-plus on my theme. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're feeling like Ralphie looking at his old man's major award, leave us a review on iTunes. Not only does it help us reach more people, but you also get a free sticker. Now, don't forget to vote. Later, dudes. I really want